0: welcome to a fine time for healing a place where your physical emotional and spiritual well-being are all that matter so put your feet up relax and enjoy today's show we are going to talk about a topic that i just find so fascinating i've been interested in this topic for so many years i've done shows on it Um, the topic is near-death experiences ndes and Today, we have with us Douglas Hodgson, who is a former dean and professor of law, currently residing in Perth, Western Australia. So I'm actually taping this very early because we had to find a time that worked for both of us. Um, He undertook postgraduate legal study at the University of London before embarking on a 35-year career in higher education in Canada, Australia, and New Zealand as a teacher, researcher, scholar, human rights advocate and university administrator. And today we're gonna to be talking about his book, Spiritual Revelations from Behind Beyond the Veil, What Humanity Can Learn from Near-Death Experiences. Welcome, Douglas, it's so great to have you.
1: Thank you, Randy, for having me on your program. And I'm really looking forward to sharing my research findings on the near-death experience with you and your listeners. Okay
0: that's that's wonderful um i'm familiar with raymond moody he's one of the first researchers that did this right was raymond moody the? yes he's yes, the most, indeed. most well-known researcher research, researcher in near-death experiences so what got you interested in this topic and i know you interviewed over 500 people
1: well i've always had a close connection with God since I was a young child. And in my later years, I developed um, an interest in studying comparative religion. But backing up a little bit, when I worked at the University of Western Australia, I happened to pick up in its general library a book by Dr. Raymond Moody entitled Life After Life, his pioneering treatise on the near-death experience. Right. And I was utterly fascinated and taken away with the individual accounts of the NDEers. But being a very busy university academic, I had very little time for hobby or recreational reading. So when I retired at the beginning of 2018, I had a lot of time to do this, and a whole new world opened up to me. And one of the first books I read was another book by an NDEer, Dr. Eben Alexander, uh, Proof of Heaven, a neurosurgeon's uh, journey into the afterlife, in which Dr. Alexander recounts his own uh, deep near-death experience. And once again, that, that rekindled my interest and curiosity and fascination with the NDE. So I began researching individual accounts. And I resorted to the uh, website archives of the EANS Association, the International Association for Near-Death Studies. And they have a wonderful archives of hundreds upon hundreds of written accounts of people who have gone to the veil and returned. And in many cases, they were told by the light, or by the beings of light, that their earthly mission had not yet been completed. They must return to the earthly life and convey what they had learned, the knowledge that they had been imparted with in the messages, and they must share those with humanity for its benefit. And the more of these written accounts that I read on the website the more I I gleaned a consistent and uniform messaging. And I began being a good university academic I began taking copious notes Mm -hmm. and collating it into possible chapter headings. Mm -hmm. And a book slowly started to take shape. And I thought, wouldn't it be brilliant to collate all of these accounts to articulate the main messages that humanity is meant to have at this time and to be a spokesperson for these some 500 MD ears who were told by the light, get the message out there to humanity. Wow. And that's basically in a nutshell what Spiritual Revelations from Beyond the Veil vale is about.
0: Wow. So your research was into existing NDEs rather than, you didn't do the interviews, you you researched into the existing NDEs that were documented, right?
1: Yes, indeed. There were no personal interviews conducted. In fact, um, all of the accounts were anonymous. The NDEer um, could not be identified. Oh, wow. And um, I, I had to go through the through these various accounts. Some were very lengthy, some relatively brief. Some of them were written in very good English. Others were not. But the important point was they replicated the messaging.
0: Right. Um, and I have um, I've read your book, I've looked through your book, and so I have a pretty good idea of what your messaging, uh, the messaging that you are reporting. Um, the first question I want to ask you is the the word God is very controversial not everyone loves the name or likes to use the name God so there's the creator there's the source there's the higher power whatever um, people choose to use and I noticed that in your book um, the word God is used a lot so are people reporting it
1: with the word God. Some of them are, others are using the word, the source. Others are using the term universal consciousness. Okay. Others use the term supreme being. Okay. But for the purposes of my book, I use the word God or the source. Okay. Um, but collectively speaking, it could refer to the other expressions I referred to. Okay the transcendent supreme being or deity, which most people would call the the source or God.
0: Okay. So, what did people say, and I, I kind of have a list here of a lot of things that you listed about the nature of who God or this, the source is. Um, can you give us kind of a brief overview of what people say that God actually is?
1: Yes. Well, one in the ear described God as love. Well, most of us know that. But what was unique about this observation was that she expressed it as an ac- acronym. L standing for love, O for oneness, V for vibrations and E for energy. And I think that's a very concise description of God. Um, God was described by other NDEers as energy or unconditional love or light. Energy that connects everyone and everything in the universe or the cosmos. It connects. It's all-encompassing. In religion, God is described as omnipresent. In a oneness, in Judaism, uh, God is described as one. Hero Israel, God is one. So um, God is all-knowingness, omniscience. So when we leave our physical body and we joy are are rebirthed into the world of spirit we are absorbed into higher levels of omniscience or Mm. all-knowingness so God is described in different ways but basically is energy uh, the energy of unconditional love the most powerful energy in the universe that binds everything together even at the subatomic particle level
0: amazing amazing and you know the what always bothered me being brought up with religion was that god was judgmental and and could get very angry and i never believed that i never believed that that was that was the purpose of the creator um what do what do, the, what do these reporters, these people who have had these experiences, say in regard to that?
1: Well, quite simply, um, God, being unconditional love, is not capable of judgment or punishment. Okay. Uh, it's just that is a human construct or a human error, mm-hmm. and that, that is to be found in some religions that ultimately each of us are judged on a reward-punishment basis. But the consistent messaging of the years is, no, that when we have our life review after each and every incarnation, it is we who assess our own lives, with the help either of the light of God or a messenger of God, a being of light, or an angel, who will take us through the life review. And we ourselves, as the soul or the consciousness, are are shown an instantaneous panoramic replay of our life, or at least our lives' most significant moments. And we are asked to reflect. And at some points, the life review is paused by the being of light, and we are asked to reflect on what had happened. And did we manifest unconditional love, or did we fall below or short of the glory of God? Could we have acted more kindly towards another individual? And what did we learn, etc., cetera, etc? Cetera. But the consistent messaging Randy, of the end to ears is that God is not the vengeful, wrathful God of retribution and punishment. That some religions espouse, that from the NDE point of view, God is a God of unconditional love, compassion, and kindness. And one NDE said, um, There's no such thing as us doing anything wrong. That, that's a pejorative term. Um, the, the better way of looking at it is we did something that was not helpful or useful to our soul's evolution or progression
0: wow Hmm. wow what a great way to look at that um and that makes so much sense we really you know i always i often think about my life review because i'm very familiar with this concept you know and everything that i do i kind of say how will i look at this when I go through my life review, you know, and I think it's during that time that we are the hardest on ourselves because we have to experience what other people felt uh, as a result of our actions. Is that correct?
1: It's um, an exercise in empathy personified or empathy on steroids. Mm -hmm. Uh, We are placed in the shoes of our victims uh, one end to ear recounted that he was shown a particular incident from his childhood when he was five years old, and he was tormenting and taunting his six year old sister and During his life review, he became his sister, and he felt the pain, the suffering, and the anguish that his sister felt when he was calling her all sorts of names and abusing her. And the being of light said that you should not have been hateful to your sister. It is better to love. And this is your lesson. So we are, exact. that's exactly right. We are put in the shoes of those people who we might have manifested love towards. And we feel their joy and happiness we also get to witness, in turn, the joy and happiness that they showed to others as a result of the joy we manifested towards them. Wow. And Conversely, if we are unkind or cruel to someone else, we step into their shoes, we feel what they felt on the receiving end of our cruelty, but it doesn't stop there we also get to see in our life review the cruelty or unkindness that our victim bestowed on others as a result of our initial unkindness. So it's a ripple effect. (laughs) You you throw a pebble into a still pond, and the ripples keep on going out to eternity. And that's a, a very important lesson of the life review that on earth we should never underestimate the choices we make pursuant to our free will because they might have very unforeseen but profound consequences on others that we may may never have imagined. So, on our life review, we are reminded that we must be cautious and careful even in, in our thoughts, in our words in what we do, or even choose not to do, because these invariably affect others. So being a human, it's not easy. Yeah. And uh, it, you know we have so much to learn in this earthly incarnation.
0: Oh, that is so powerful. I think that is a very, very important message, if we each take that into consideration. What a difference we can make in this world.
1: And and you know, Randy, I, I said in my book that, you know, why wait until we physically die? You know, there's no such thing as death. Death is a human error. Our physical bodies die, but our energy, our soul consciousness is eternal and infinite. So, why wait until our physical death? Start your life review now and I think it may be somewhat easier when you actually go through the real thing on the other side
0: now can we rectify these things by apologizing uh by taking responsibility for the things that we've done Uh
1: well, that is a, a great question and i believe that we can i i believe that we can acknowledge our mistakes um, many of them we've long since forgotten, but some of them we can recall, and to acknowledge the mistakes and to learn from them, because that's also a very important reason we're here, is to make mistakes. We all do, but we must learn from them to move on and progress our soul into the higher realms and the higher incarnations. Um, it's not simply a case of identifying where you went wrong, but how you might have done better. Was I too attached from certain things? Mm-hmm. Was I too impatient? Should I have I manifested more love and more kindness and spent more time with this particular person? So it's a good way to self-assess because this ultimately will be your enlightenment your self-realization, as the Hindus or the Buddhists call it. Mm. So I I agree with you. I think we can start on the path of acknowledging our mistakes, but most of the hard work will be done during our actual life review.
0: So uh, my understanding is that we reincarnate, basically, until we really get it right. And so I would imagine that the last time that we're going to have a life review would be a time where we did it very well, okay, where we did not cause these ripples in, um, in other people, um, where we lived a life of love, and just, you know, a love and harmony and all of those things. Um, Would that be kind of an accurate assumption, as far as you know?
1: It it is, and it reflects some of the NDE observations. Okay. So to back up a little bit, um, reincarnation and karma are stated by the NDEers to be universal laws. And they say that all of us have been through countless incarnations, and we have to keep incarnating until we learn all of our lessons and get it right. But the incarnations are not necessarily on Earth. They can be in other material or physical realms in other universes or other cosmoses. They can be other incarnations in the realm of spirit, the unseen realms. So we keep coming back until we've learned all of our lessons and get it right. When does that take place? I don't know. (laughs) But Hopefully we all want to progress, graduate from the earthly school of life or the university of life and keep progressing upwards. But I'm sure there's no guarantee that that's the case. That we we might regress if we rely too much on negative energy while we're on Earth. Mm-hmm. So I think that the purpose of our earthly existence is to recognize how much the Supreme Deity loves us, to love and care for other people, and to embrace and positive positive energy in our lives, to live by what religion refers to as divine virtues or the so-called universal ethical principles, and to turn our backs on negative energy, uh, not to become angry, not to become impatient, to look for the good in people and not to find fault with them, not to do violence to other humans or other sentient beings, including pets or animals, um, not to have fear. That is a very important lesson of the years. Hmm. We should not fear life on earth because that prevents us from living life to the full and completing our life mission. Uh, many of us fear death and fear the unknown. But the end ear says that's human error. That's pointless. Yes, our physical bodies die. Uh, When we go to the world of spirit, we leave our earthly identity behind. But our soul consciousness survives. Uh, Our physical death is simply like moving from one room into another. We remain the same. Our energy, what we are, at the deepest foundational level, stays the same. It's just our cosmic perspective that changes. So, if we, in our earthly incarnation, embrace the positive energy and minimize the negative energy in our lives, my reading of the NDE accounts is that we will progress, we will evolve our soul consciousness into the higher levels and indeed, our next incarnation, wherever that may be, will be in better circumstances, and circumstances designed to further our
0: learning. You mentioned um, that we can re that we can reincarnate from other places, whether physical, spiritual, energetic, whatever it may be, and I truly do believe that. So our universe, are we, so the source that these NDEs are referring to, is this a source for all universes or for our universe? Is there a distinction there?
1: I saw one account, which may be a bit of an outlier, that seemed to refer to God as only the God of our universe. But the majority of references that i can recall use the word god or the source being the creator the creator of all universes of infinity mm-hmm. and there are a number of nd said there are countless universes an infinite number of universes realms and dimensions of existence, Mm -hmm. both seen and unseen. In fact, the majority of realms of existence are unseen, and that some of them interact with the earthly realm, but only for a higher purpose, when there is a higher purpose to be served. Mm -hmm. So sometimes the veil is opened, And sometimes we are allowed by God or the source to access information or messaging or revelations if it's part of the divine purpose.
0: Okay. And this, you know, this is a little bit different, um, but you just may have a thought on this or you may have formed some kind of um, opinion um, on this, but... I hear that or I've heard that and I truly believe that there are star seeds or what they call star seeds, where. Souls from. All over, outside of our universe, everywhere, um, are brought here to Earth, seated to help improve. The lives of others to sort of bring that wisdom here. Do you have a thought on that?
1: Uh, Randy, I I can't recall any of the end-ears using the word um, seed souls. But I do recall a number of end-ears in referring to nature, saying that um, all human beings, all animals, all trees, plants, etc all life has spirit and consciousness and that there are spirits, divine spirits that are protectors of the natural environment. Mm. They are guardians or stewards, which are designed to help humans protect uh, Mother Earth in our environment. That's the closest I can recall to what i think you you're saying mm-hmm. but uh, the actual use of the the seed spirits i i didn't come across
0: no okay thank you mm-hmm. um so everything as you say or as has as is said in your book <clears throat> everything is connected to and part of everything else so some people say we are god we are of god um, we are uh fragments of god what is the what is the information that you've been able to um distill
1: well the the sacred scriptures of many religions um state that um the kingdom of God is within us, that we have the divine spark within us. That message is consistent in the NDE accounts. Um, I wrote a book that was released last May called Transcendental Spirituality, Wisdom and Virtue. And I recited many scriptural passages that, that indicate that God is within, or the kingdom of God is within us. And Indi ears also state that they say that the divine spark or God is within us. Uh, the one Indi ear said, "The outer is not important; it's the inner that's important. If we want to find God or the source, we must look deeply within." So that is why many Indi ears now meditate. That's why many Eastern religions. The devotees, the, the gurus, or the sages or seers, they go into deep meditation because they find God within. Mm. Um, it's very difficult for us to connect with this idea that we are all one. Right. Everything is in- interconnected. Right. We just we just don't, in our earthly experience, appreciate that, but. The end ears consistently said that once you are have left your physical body, that the heavenly umbilical cord has been severed, and your soul spirit leaves your body and enters the world of spirit, you can much more readily appreciate the interconnectedness of everything. So one end ear described it this way. She said that when I left my physical body. I no longer had a sense of me. Um, I left behind the I or the ego or my earthly identity. And everything was me and I was everything. Mm -hmm. Everything is one. So uh, you look at particle theory and subatomic quantum physics. Mm -hmm. And they assert or observe, that everything is connected at the subatomic quantum level, that at the smallest level of the particle, that the energy of God, the essence of God, runs through everything, connecting everything and everyone, physical, living, inanimate. And when we enter the world of spirit, And we've been there many times. When we come back to Earth, we forget all of that. The delete button is pressed. But when we are rebirthed into the world of spirit, we will realize or appreciate the oneness or interconnectedness of everything. So those religions that say we are all one are correct according to the end of years. But I think the important point is that underlying the diversity of all of these religions, the ND ears tell us that there is an underlying basic unity, a basic oneness or interconnectedness.
0: So hard for us to wrap our head around something like that. That's so huge.
1: Um, Well, Randy, I can go into a little more detail, actually. Uh, If you look at Hinduism or Buddhism, um, they say that enlightenment or self-realization is a realization that earthly dualism is a delusion. So you and I, you are in Florida, I'm in Western Australia, so we're separate and apart. But when you enter the world of spirit, you leave dualism behind in your inner realm of monism or oneness. So there are great parallels or synchronicities between Eastern religions and what the Indo-Ears have reported coming back from beyond the veil. So essentially, if we harm someone else, another person or an animal, we are hurting ourselves because in the world of spirit, we are all one. So the religious exhortation do not cause harm to others. There's a spiritual basis for it.
0: That brings up a thought. So many ancient religions used animals as to sacrifice for, for God. Um, and I have a real problem with killing animals for to eat. I, re, I really have a problem with that. I also have a problem with um, disrespecting animals and believing that they're lower forms of life than we are. And I've heard different things said about, um, you, you know, using animals as killing them for our food. Did anything like that come up?
1: Yes, it was very pronounced, very definite.
0: Okay.
1: Um, a number of end years um, recounted aspects of nature, and they said that all life is precious, human and non-human life. It is precious and sacred, and it must not be harmed. that animals also have spirit or consciousness and that their souls reincarnate. And like us, animals have fear and they struggle to survive. So as the Buddha said, we must have compassion on all sentient beings. We must not kill them. Um, My interpretation of religious scripture is that we are guardians or stewards of the animal kingdom. They are here to help humanity, but not necessarily to feed us. Mm -hmm. And many of the NDEers come back and they turn to veganism, that they just cannot tolerate eating meat again, Mm -hmm. because the NDE message is quite strong on this. Um, Thou shalt not kill. That goes quite beyond human beings and includes all sins and all sentient beings, so it's not not only a case of not harming them, it's loving them. It's showing acceptance and compassion for them, realizing that they are as much a part of God's creation as we are,
0: right.
1: and they must be treated as such.:
0: Thank you for that. That's a powerful message, and I'm really glad that you said that, because that's always been my feeling. But I've had, you know, different people have had different interpretations of that. But my deep down inside, I know that animals are not here for us to kill for any reason.
1: Well, that, that is my spiritual intuition as well, Randy. Mm-hmm. And that is certainly borne out by the uh, many NDE
0: accounts that I, that I read. Okay, that's good. What are soul agreements? Soul
1: agreements were referred to by a relatively small number of India, years. Only about 12 or so refer to the concept of a soul agreement. It's interesting to note that there's a, a counterpart in the Tibetan Book of the Dead. So basically, between incarnations... Uh, We have a life review, and as a result of that life review, we engage with our guardian angels and our spirit guides and map out the general parameters of our next incarnation, where that will be, if it's planet Earth, what continent will we be born on? Uh What family will we be born into, and what particular circumstances will we be born into? Um, what will be our lifespan? How many years will we have on earth, and what will be our sole mission? But those are the overarching parameters of the earthly incarnation once we arrive then it's up to us as to how we fulfill our life's mission. And our life's mission may be, by the standards of the world, quite insignificant. But for the purposes of the soul and its evolution, it's very significant. So it is left to us in the earthly university of life to sort of blunder our way through life, if you will, to use our free will to choose what life experiences we will have. Where will we visit? Uh, where will we go to be educated? Um, what programs will we study? What vocation will we choose? What partner will we choose? Um, et cetera, et cetera. So through the choice of free will we get to map out our earthly experience but if we rely too much on negative energy that will draw us away from our life's mission so it is important when we re- reach a proverbial fork in the road so to speak to call upon the positive energy to help us inform those choices. And if we embrace the positive energy and go with it, that will help us along to realize our life's mission and to really carry out why we are here on earth and set us up for our our next incarnation.
0: Do we choose adversity or the adversity that will, is this something that we choose before we come here, The, the, the things that we will bump up against? to
1: learn from? Uh, That's another terrific question, Randy. Um, I'm not sure so much whether we choose it, but it's part and parcel of our earthly existence. It's like a universal law. You know, if we don't have problems, challenges, trials and tribulations, then how do we learn? So, when, as one in the ear said, when problems and challenges arise in your life, do not fear. Consider them as opportunities to discern uh, what lessons we are supposed to uh, glean from those problems and challenges. Was this obstacle put in front of me? because I'm too impatient I want everything now or did I not manifest enough love and compassion for that person did I not spend enough time with them with a sympathetic ear to listen to their problems etc cetera, etc cetera? so you have to adopt a positive attitude when you encounter obstacles and problems in your life because they are there for a higher purpose so that we can not necessarily embrace them, but stop and say, Hey, wait a minute. What what am I to learn from this particular obstacle? And in doing so, you will make a quantum leap in the progression or evolution of your soul. And that will assist you in turn in your life review. So, everything happens for a reason. As one angel said, uh, beauty comes of all things. And even though we don't realize it at the time, in the fullness of time, we will realize why things happen to us, what they were for.
0: And yes, often we realize that in, in the incarnation. You know, often time will tell us why, as things play out, why something had to occur indeed yeah indeed uh, I just wrote a note and i can't even read my <laughs> writing. <laughs> okay so many people i work with coaching and counseling okay so many people say you know what did i do to deserve what you know what has happened to me what did i do in my last life um and many people say to me i feel so alone and i can't always broach this topic because not everybody has the same belief system that i do um but i always tell people you are not alone and I, my feeling is that when we choose to incarnate here that <clears throat> it is understood by all spiritual helpers and by our soul that this is not something we can do alone and that we bring with us the support of spiritual helpers whether that be spirit guides or angels um and even the source or God. So what are your thoughts? What, what are the thoughts of the NDEers on that?
1: Precisely the point that you made, Randy. We are never alone. A number of NDEers made that comment. We are never alone. We are constantly surrounded by our guardian angels and by our departed loved ones. Um, we have spirit guides, all of us. And we have had guardian angels uh, for, since infinity. You know, the, the guardian angels are there to help us. But another universal law is that they are not allowed to help us unless we ask for the help with the proper intention. They will not intervene and frustrate God's plan for our lives. But we have to ask for the help uh, with proper intention. And if we do, they will assist us. So your listeners, um, they have to have faith and belief in this, that help is there. And in the darkest hour, the help of your guardian angel is there. All you have to do is ask. Ask, and it will be given to you.
0: Right. And and from what i understand that is the angelic realm that is how we connect with our angels our spirit guides are always with us whispering in our ear are, are they're always coaching us and and guard, you know guiding us on right but the angels we have to ask for is that is that your understanding yes okay mm-hmm. yes. right and i think Everybody hears their helpers, their guardian angels, um, but they think their thoughts. They think they're having their own thoughts, you know. But um, if we really pay attention, we can begin to separate that and understand when we're being whispered to. Uh, and I find if if we if we put that into play, if we just kind of test it a little bit, we'll we'll see some evidence of that happening.
1: There, there are many books around you written on angels and spirit guides. And um, I, I had a, a small segment of my book on angels and beings of light and spirit guides. But uh, you can connect with your guardian angels and have conversations with them. Um, but you have to, you know, it's a learning process and you have to be assisted by appropriate um, angel literature. Uh, but they are there to help you, and they will communicate with you in in fascinating ways ways that you don't expect
0: mm-hmm. I agree yes. okay. so we we were talking about um the the non duality of the heavenly realm or the where our souls dwell. And so there's, there's, there's non-duality and it's nonlinear. And this is a concept that earthly people have really hard time with because we're very linear in, in everything that we do. And we're very time-based and we work our lives around days and times and schedules and things like that which has always been pretty uncomfortable for me. I really have to focus on that to do it (laughs) because I don't I don't really feel like I'm in a linear world. But (laughs) what what do the NDE's NDEers say about this nonlinear or this linear world we live in?
1: I'm glad you raised that point, Randy, (laughs) because it boggles my mind as well. But once again, that's the consistent messaging of the NDEs. On Earth, we have a linear or a sequential time, so it's today, yesterday, tomorrow. A human history was wrote in a linear or sequential basis, so we all understand that. But <clears throat> I, for one, cannot understand the concept of nonlinear. Uh, realms. Okay. But that's what the end of ear say. So, one end to ear, to give you an example, um, that end of ear said that in the realm of spirit, uh, it's nonlinear or non sequential. We only have the present, Ooh. the eternal now, as some people call it. But in the, the world of spirit, the present, also includes everything that has ever happened before and everything that will ever happen in the future. But everything, past, present, future, is happening simultaneously in the here and now, in the realm of spirit. So, that's basically it in a nutshell. So, that's Opens up a Pandora's box. Is that what psychics on earth tap into? Is that how they can predict the future? Because they somehow remotely connect, their consciousness connect with this um, nonlinear realm where things have already happened. And in the world of spirit, the years report that you are also shown in your life review everything that could have happened to you if you had taken other choices. Oh, wow. So there are endless infinite possibilities, and that boggled my mind as well. (laughs) But what makes it doubly fascinating is that there are parallels for this in sacred scripture. So that is the topic of my next book. Um, the near-death experience and sacred scripture, the parallel messaging. Um, If you look at Hinduism, uh, Brahman or God is timeless. If you look at the New Testament, um, it says, I think in the second letter of Peter, a thousand years is for the Lord but a day, in a day a thousand years. So, another end to ear expressed it this way In the world of spirit, a moment can seem like an eternity, and an eternity like a moment.
0: Well. Wow.
1: You know, and one final thing that will fascinate, I think, both you and your viewers is that in the world of spirit, we can become time travelers. So, as one end to ear said, in the world of spirit, our souls or consciousnesses are not restricted by time or space as we are on Earth. So, one end of ear, when he was living his life on Earth, had a fascination for New York City of the 1940s. He used to watch films about New York City in the 1940s and was. Sort of interested in the style of architecture, the style of um, clothing that people wore in the 1940s. So, as part of his life review, his uh, uh, spirit guide or guardian angel brought him back to New York City in the 1940s. And of course, this endy ear was invisible. No one in the 1940s could visibly see. The soul consciousness, but because you are not bound by time or space, you can travel to any continent in any era of human history and connect with it as a solar consciousness. So that that is an amazing observation that was conveyed to to us by an end to ear. And
0: that explains, you know, I always wondered how if souls reincarnate um so say we say a loved one we have a loved one who crosses over and they're communicating with us whether it's directly or through a medium or or a channel or something like that um but yet they have loved ones that go back eons so i always wondered well why are they communicating with us when they have All these other loved ones um, do we take precedent you know and then when I began to understand that everything is is happening at the same time then I was able to sort of grasp that concept a little bit because it's not something that I think we can truly grasp I look forward to grasping it (laughs) I look forward to that experience. I think that would be truly amazing. Um, But yeah, that would explain how. I mean, while we're here, while we're existing, we're all also in spirit.
1: Yeah, I I pondered the same question, (laughs) and that that could go part of the way to explaining it, but. as another end ear said, do not fear the unknown, because when we are rebirthed into the world of spirit, all knowingness returns and all the mysteries of the universe will be explained. And another end to ear said, in the world of spirit, there is no such thing as a question without an accompanying answer. So even before your thought question is formulated by your solar consciousness, you will already have an instantaneous, clear, and complete answer that nothing is lost in translation. There is no misinterpretation. So once we are rebirthed into the world of spirit, all of that will come back to you like a flood.
0: What do they say about manifestation? The law of attraction. This is something that... um, I think is largely misunderstood. I think it's too simplified by uh you know, by many people who talk about this or by those who wish to manifest. I think the the concept is very simplified, but I don't believe it's as simple as uh many of us think. So what do they say about manifestation?
1: Well, Randy, I'm not an expert on the universal law of manifestation, but the end to ears say that it is one of the universal laws, and to explain it very simply, um, positive energy understands and attracts positive energy. Uh, negative energy understands and thereby attracts negative energy. Uh, to my simple mind, it's a, it's a bit of like uh, karma. You know, you those who live by the sword die by the sword. Those who rely on negative energy have that negative energy attracted back to them. But there are other aspects of the law of manifestation or attraction uh, linked to the notion of prayer, what religion would refer to as devotional prayer. So it's a belief, a firm belief, that if you kneel down at night And ask God the source for a blessing or something to happen in your life. And if you believe that God has heard you, and if you firmly believe that God has already granted your wish and that it will happen as a matter of fact, then it will happen. It does happen invariably. So that is the other a- aspect of the law of manifestation that wasn't mentioned as frequently hmm. by the end years. It was more in the context of types of energy, understanding and attracting the same level of energy.
0: Right, because manifesting is something that happens to our, with our earthly experience. So NDEers are talking primarily about their experience with the other world or the where the the, the unseen or the unknown world of spirit souls um, and the creator what is evil did they talk about that
1: they did but they used different language okay so in the abrahamic religions in judaism christianity and islam you will have on, on the one side of the dichotomy righteousness or goodness and evil on the opposite end of the spectrum. But the ND ears refer to it alternatively as light and darkness okay. or positive okay. energy and negative energy. Okay. So they would say that there's no such thing really as evil. It's you're doing something that isn't progressing the evolution of your soul consciousness, but it's something that religion would label as evil. But in the life review, they're told there's nothing that you can do that is wrong. Yeah. But what you did wasn't helpful or it didn't assist the evolution or progression of your soul consciousness. Oh wow. But in the world of spirit, the end of year's they would say that evil is, for example, uh, anger, hatred, fear, aggression, doing violence to others, um, being unpa- impatient or unkind, finding fault with others, rather than looking for the goodness within them. Uh, th- this is what the end of years would basically say is um, Negative energy or the darkness, but what would religion would term as evil? Essentially the same thing.
0: Okay. So those who dabble in the realm of darkness, it's really about them and not about anybody else. It's really about their experience and what they will have to face. Uh, as a result of their actions, it's never about the victim or the target, right? Basic, basically, what you're based on what they're saying.
1: Well, when I wrote my book, Randy, um, I was concentrating on those NDE accounts, which emphasize the positive messages and the light. However, in my reading of the accounts. I did encounter probably 5 to 10% of the accounts that were dark in NDEs, if Ooh. I can put it that way. Okay. So some of the souls were taken by the beings of light to very dark places. Uh, places where there seemed to be an absence of the presence of God. Okay. So there there were three types of hellish experiences that I could classify. Uh, One was a state of mind in which hell was basically being in a very dark place all alone and not having the presence of God there with you. Another type of dark NDE was where the soul or the consciousness was in transition, was caught in between worlds or dimensions. So, as one uh, being of light described to an nde ear, that the soul was offered uh, the choice to proceed down the dark tunnel towards the pinprick of light, but for some reason uh, stayed behind, remained in the earthly realm. Mm -hmm. Uh, They might have been afraid, of uh, rejected the beauty of God, Mm -hmm. or they might have been too attached to something in the earthly realm. Mm -hmm. They didn't want to leave a loved one. Mm or their beautiful home, or some treasure that they had, hidden. And they remain as an earthbound spirit, or as Asian cultures refer to, a hungry ghost. So they are caught, they, they are in transition, they are caught in between earthly life and the heavenly realms. And the third type of experience, which I'm not sure, but may have been reserved for some people who, as you point out, may dabble in the negative energy, maybe too much so. Mm -hmm. They are shown by the being of light, uh, dark physical places, um, hellish realms of existence. So one soul was taken to one of these places. And the NDE uh, written account described a wall. And on the wall, there were torsos of human beings. The torso was stuck or cemented mm. into the wall. And all you could see was the, the limbs, the hands flailing about and half the face. Oh, my gosh. And th- there were utter... Screams of pain, suffering, and anguish. And the being of light said, here you are. Th- this is what can happen. And the being of light said, this might have been in relation to another end to ear, okay. who was brought to what I would call a sensory place of perception. Seeing, hearing with your ears, or the the." ears of the soul consciousness, uh, what these hellish levels of existence are. And one uh, being of light, perhaps it was a guardian angel, said to the soul or the consciousness, you are being protected right now by my light. But if you step out from under my light into the darkness, you will never leave this place. So that seemed to be a wake-up call to that soul or consciousness. You'd better shape up. You know, when you go back to your next incarnation, perhaps double, lessen this negative energy and progress or elevate your soul because this could be a possible consequence as to where you may end up someday. That's an educated guess food for thought
0: so so in other words they they get an opportunity to get it right they they're given an opportunity to get it right and then they have to choose Uh, and that's amazing to me how any soul could look at that and ever continue down that down that road but um there's a lot of My,
1: my, my sense of it randy is that that these hellish places are not forever. They they are temporary for the burning of the soul. Um, That God is a compassionate, loving, and kind God who forgives, who extends unconditional love to all. So these places... Again, I come back to this notion that everything happens for a higher purpose. We are all on the same pathway, eventually reaching communion with the light. But each of us are at different levels of consciousness. But we're all on the same pathway, facing the same experiences and obstacles.
0: There are another thing that I've heard and, uh, about more than once is the levels of the other side, levels of heaven or whatever we want to call that, um, that we can progress through until we sort of um, merge with source. Is that, is that something that you've learned in your research from these ND years?
1: It is indeed uh, Randy and again I'm glad you raised that because that fascinated me as well because being a student of comparative religion uh, if you look at um, Islam uh, they believe that heaven consists of seven levels one on top of the other if you look at Jainism Jainism refers to ascending heavens but I only came across one NDE account and I included it in my book Spiritual Revelations from Beyond the Veil where the nde said there is not one heaven there are multiple heavens and that is consistent with Islam and Jainism and is consistent with the notion of the development or the learning of the soul being progressive, you proceed step by step by step. It is a slow, gradual, inexorable learning uh, process. I mean, the reason why we incarnate so many times is that it's not possible unless you're an exceptional soul to learn everything in one lifetime. So we keep learning And presumably, as we learn more and more, as we enjoy expanded awareness and elevated consciousness, we access these higher levels of existence. And some of them may be heaven, a heavenly realm. And in fact, uh, Dr. Aben Alexander in his book Proof of Heaven refers to the gateway and refers to the core. And that could be consistent with the proposition that the NDE are referred to of graduating levels of heaven.
0: And the last question I have, because we're kind of out of time, but I'm going to run it over a little bit. Um, Is there evidence that reincarnation is a choice or do we have that choice? Have you read anything about that? through their experiences?
1: Uh, it is a universal law. And that connotes to me that we have no real choice. Uh, that it is part and parcel of being uh, part of source energy, mm. of having God within us. Um, we must reincarnate. I... Uh, didn't read any NDE account that said that uh, we have a choice in this. Mm -hmm. In fact, um, many of the NDEers said that when they were at the veil and experiencing utter peace, euphoria, and bliss, Mm -hmm. none of them wanted to return. Right. But they didn't have a choice. They They said, you must return, and sure enough, they came back. So I... My educated guess here would be that um, reincarnation being a universal law, you cannot argue against it Mm -hmm. and you'll be persuaded and coerced by your spirit guides and guardian angels. It's for your own good. It's for your spiritual evolution.
0: And when we're in that state of, of spirit and everything is so peaceful, we don't really kind of remember how bad it can be down here or how not bad, but how hard it can be, how difficult life can be. And so um, often people take on very big challenges when they come down here. And I believe they do that because they really want to advance their evolution. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm seeing a lot of that right now with the people that I work with. There's a lot of people now that I believe have taken on a huge, huge um challenge for the evolution of their soul i don't know why so much of that is occurring right now but i see it a lot see a lot of it and i think it's important for people to understand that there is a purpose for this and that getting through it is a huge growth experience but it's you know it's hard to know when you're in the middle of 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 extreme adversity and pain mm-hmm. to know that there's a silver lining, but there always is. Um, right.
1: Wow. almost like an accelerated burn off of negative karma. Yes. Fast tracking it.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's, you know, it's something that I've always believed in. It's like, I you know, I say to my clients often, you know, when I feel like I hit a wall, I know this is one of the things I'm here for, came here for, and I fearlessly go through it, around it, over it, because I don't want to face it again. You know, my belief is that strong that when I'm shown that, I don't want to look at it again. I want to do it now and get it over with. (laughs) You know what I mean? Because yeah, I mean we're just going to have to come back and, and and face it again and again and again until we find a way to deal but with that.
1: One of the NDEers said that um, your accumulated karma from previous lifetimes and any unresolved problems can be affecting you in the current incarnation. Mm-hmm. So it is important that we resolve these these um, ongoing issues before we move on.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. And it's not a punishment, per se. It's not, what did I do so wrong that I'm experiencing this? It's more of an opportunity to get it right, right?
1: Yes, it is what it is. And we should not feel that we are being punished because it is not punishment, it is not retribution. It is something that we simply have to learn and move on from
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's for our own good. Beauty comes of all things.
0: Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, it's, I'm so glad we were able to work it out so that we could both you know, do this, uh, speak at a time where it was comfortable for both of us, because what time is it there now?
1: Uh, let's see, it's um, 10 o'clock at night.
0: Okay, right. And so right now we're at basically 9 a.m. in the morning. And yes. yeah, so it's it's interesting um but i thank you for the research that you've done for writing this book and again um for everyone that's listening the book is called spiritual revolutions revelations i keep wanting to say that spiritual revelations from beyond the veil what humanity can learn from the near-death experience so this is, you're in Australia. Uh, I would imagine this is available on Amazon everywhere, universally.
1: Well, Randy, it could be a spiritual revolution, but that may be too optimistic on my part. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's keep it at spiritual revelations. But <laughs> It's available on Amazon US since January 1st. Uh, Kindle, most online retailers, uh, bricks and mortar bookshops, uh, probably Walmart would get it in for you okay. um hive indie barnes and noble it's um fairly uh well my publisher zero books www.zerobooks.com um they have a january sale 50 percent off so it's oh. not too late
0: <laughs> and i love your publicist gavin davies he sends me a lot of um of really really wonderful guests so he's he's pretty cool
1: Oh, he's him. quite a character.
0: Yeah, is he? I haven't met him, but I, I can see by what he sends me that he's pretty expansive.
1: <laughs> Interesting fellow.
0: Yeah. So anyway, well, thank you so much. Do you have a website?
1: It's been my pleasure, Randy. No, I don't have any personal websites. Okay. But if uh, your viewers would like to contact me, uh, feel free to contact me on my email, my personal email it's dchodgson53 at gmail.com.
0: Okay. And that's d-c-h-o-d-g-s-o-n-53 at gmail.com. Are you, um, are you receiving stories, still receiving stories from ears? Are people contacting you?
1: No, oddly enough, I haven't received any contact. Okay. <clears throat> but, um, uh, i finished researching ND, year, uh, ND years. Uh, I've finished my research on that. And as I said, my, my next book is really sort of looking at the parallel messaging between the ND years and sacred scripture. And that will be mm. probably my final. Wow.
0: About. That is so interesting. All right. Well, let me know. We'll do it again.
1: Oh, I'd love to. <laughs>
0: okay. Thanks, man. Um, oh, have a wonderful evening.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Take care. Okay. Bye-bye.
1: Bye-bye.